Hashtag SAFM Talking Point. While the Centre for Development and Enterprise is calling on government to improve the way they run the special economic zones, they want government to change some of these economic zones into areas that offer a modified labour market regime in order to attract companies and investment. Anne Bernstein is the Executive Director at the Centre for Development Enterprise. and good morning to you. Hi, Cathy. Good to be with you. Yes, let's talk about this issue of the special economic zones. You say in their current format, they're not working. Why? So we have 11 proclaimed special economic zones, and you have to ask yourself what challenge are they trying to meet and what's special about these zones. In our view, most of the zones are essentially subsidized industrial parks where we're providing subsidized infrastructure and office and factory space. And we don't think they're dealing with the key constraints to investment in the country, and nor are they making a significant impact on our development prospects. So the key constraints to to South Africa's investment and growth are not, if you ask lots and lots of business people, the top issues are Mm. not do we have enough office and factory space and subsidized infrastructure? They're they're much bigger issues. And we're saying take one of these zones and use some of the space for a very special zone, uh, a policy reform zone where we test out what what more and more people are calling for. Can this country attract labor-intensive investment factories and new investors in that kind of activity for export. That's what we want to do. We're saying that Kucha is an ideal place to do that. The country's already invested a lot of money in Kucha. We have an underutilized port. Let's set up a really special zone geared at the country's major challenge, which is unemployment. What kind of policy reform are you suggesting needs to be implemented in order to make these zones more efficient or more effective, really, in in contributing to economic growth? Well, we're calling for not wholesale reform, but a modified labor market regime in these zones only. So it would be a place where basic health and safety rules apply, where... The national minimum wage applies. We want the expanded tax incentive for first-time workers to be expanded to all workers in the zone. We want experienced international managers to be allowed to come and run these kinds of factories because South Africa doesn't have the knowledge and the network and the know-how anymore on how to run very low-profit kind of factories that can export into global value chains. So we need that. We need um, imports to be tax-free. And we want, well, we want everything in this Mm -hmm. zone to only be for export so that it wouldn't be too threatening to the rest of the country. You talk about labor reform um, in particular, and uh, you know, given the fact that the setup is that of factories, many people would autom- automatically be worried about whether or not the rights of workers would be overlooked in such environments, and how drastically different um, this, these proposed labor reforms would be to what currently exists within these uh, specialized economic zones. Yes, it's a good question, Kathy. 
everyone would have democratic rights as apply in the rest of South Africa, the right to organize and to to speak out as we have in the rest of the country. But we are saying that collective bargaining agreements in in certain sectors of our our economy should not apply to these uh, to this zone, this one zone. We're saying you should have factory level bargaining. So the factory can discuss with the workers what is what is our approach to piecework, mm-hmm. what is our approach to after-hours work, uh, all sorts of things that are absolutely necessary to have flexibility if South Africa is to be able to get into global export chains. How would these factory-level negotiations take place? Because ultimately it places an... Uh, increased responsibility on those who are running some of these operations to be the drivers of the the conversation, but also to have good intentions towards their laborers, right? Towards the the workers who are part of these organizations. Now, many people automatically distrust uh, an idea of management having the best interests of workers at heart. Well, Kathy, let's go back to... South Africa is stuck. We are gridlocked where we have the world's deepest unemployment problem and we are desperate for investment to drive growth and jobs. If we continue the way we are, we will never make progress. Mm. What we're saying is it's time to move and try one experiment where basic health and safety conditions apply for all workers, where The national minimum wage applies, but the factory is allowed to negotiate other things with their workers on their own. That's all we're saying about the labor market regime. Mm -hmm. And we're saying that because the zone would produce only for export, it won't affect the rights that trade unions have struggled for so long to achieve in South Africa in the rest of the economy. We're also saying that only new activities can take place in the zone, which is not the case, I should say, with the other special economic zones in the country. So we're saying only new factories could start here. And let's see if we liberalize, modify the labor market regime just in a few ways, if South Africa can start to attract Mm. these kinds of factories. And it's important to bear in mind two things. This is one of the key routes that has got hundreds of millions of people mm-hmm. out of poverty in other countries, in Asia, in Mauritius, and, and starting in Ethiopia as well. So we're not suggesting something that's never been done in the world, but we're saying this is one practical way in which South Africa can start tackling unemployment. How would how would one ensure that these factories again don't end up falling into the pattern of uh, some of the sweatshops that have a horrible track record yes. internationally? Um, given the fact that already 
you you there's 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 a there's an environment where workers are are receiving low wages there's negotiations around working hours and and I hear you that you're saying they have to adhere to the conditions the health and safety conditions that exist in our labor law but we know that already so many companies struggle to do that even under current conditions well there are two things here the the first is that we must enforce basic health and safety laws, and it'll be easier to do in a specific zone mm. than in the whole country. So that's number one, and we are in favor of enforcing that. The second is we often hear about the terrible stories in other countries, in Bangladesh or used to be in Hong Kong or China or mm. Vietnam. But actually, if you look at what's really happening there, these are zones of opportunity for people disproportionately women who leave rural areas or unemployment and who come into these factories voluntarily and get a foothold into the modern economy. So no one will be forced to do this. And it's important to remember that we pay very little money for our expanded public works program, but we have more people who want these jobs than we can accommodate. We're saying these zones need to conform with the national minimum wage and basic health and safety. And we want to see, we want to experiment to see if we can get on the path that has helped so many hundreds of millions of people mm. in the rest of the world get to a better future. So we're not, everybody, this would be voluntary, this would be an experiment, and this would be easy to manage and control conformity with the rules that we're setting up. And, sorry to come in there very briefly for me, who are you taking this idea to? And, you know, what is the likelihood of you getting a a response to whether or not it's something government could consider? Well, we've, we've already presented the ideas to the Department of Trade and Industry and Competition, Um, and their special economic zone. We've been talking about this for some time. We're also trying to build on the new people way beyond CDE who are now talking about labor-intensive factories and using a special economic zone to test something like this out. The ANC economic strategy document in 2020, the National Treasury's reform document in 2019, the former President Halema Montplanti's high-level panel report to Parliament, which advocated exactly what we're suggesting. So there are increasing numbers of people, including Joel Nitsitsenzi, senior member of the ANC National Executive Committee, who are talking about this kind of thing. Can South Africa take advantage in the disruption to global supply chains, the movement out of China because... Mm conditions have improved so much, can we do something? So we're hoping with your help and with others, we can get the country talking about this idea and maybe for the first time sitting down and actually discussing how we do this. Because there are no other ideas, practical ideas Mm. on the table. All right. And we'll continue the conversation in a moment. I'd really love to hear your thoughts on the suggestion. Is it a good idea that South Africa deliberately sets up these operations for low-skilled workers?
The Talking Point with Kathy Motsasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We're continuing our conversation with Anne Bernstein, who is the executive director at the Center for Development Enterprise. This idea, the suggestion that they're bringing to the agenda about having a specialized economic zone, at least one of them. She's listed Kucha as one perhaps to look at. Having factories there that particularly work on products that will be for export, but Ensure, but within that space, there's you know labor reform, so people are paid the national minimum wage. There isn't any collective bargaining, um, you know, and the, the the processes, of course, to ensure that some of the labor laws are being adhered to. But I think that's about as far as it goes. So very little benefit for workers, and you know the argument that is being made by Anne is that that may increase a take up, in particular, of low skilled workers in the country, give them an opportunity to be in the workspace and that could well be what we need uh, to set our country off on a better growth trajectory. Vincent, you're calling us from Bloom. Good morning to you. Uh, morning, Kathy. How are you? I'm all right, Vincent. Wow, you just summarized it perfectly there. <laughs> Kathy, something is amazing to me. She says that she's coming up with an innovative idea. I don't know where Anne Bernstein was born or where she grew up, but that has already been tried here in this country through the homeland system. That is exactly what the homeland system was based about. All those places, that's what exactly to the letter, that is what she's suggesting. Number two, it's amazing to me, again, this question of skills comes again, where she says that we don't have skills in this country to fill up these positions. Is it, Casey, we don't have skills or do we not have white skills? Mm. That is one thing I really so, like so, to know. So, 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 Vincent, I think this program is mostly geared towards low-skilled workers. That's my understanding of it. Thank you, Kathy. Exactly as I'm telling you, mm. the homeland system economic zones or bases were exactly that. From Transkei to Kwakwa to Kazangulu to Libuahum, those factories were exactly what she's talking about. And lastly, if she's proposing something like this, and the world of work and technology has changed, and most of the production means of big conglomerates and companies are now centralized to mother companies from where those companies are coming from, what are we going to be producing and exporting? If you can just ask her that mm. for me. Kevin. All right, stay in the line, Vincent. Anne? Hello, Anne? All right, I'm not sure what's what's happening there. Um, trying to get Anne Bernstein, uh, making sure that uh, she's actually on the line to be able to uh, respond to the question that Vincent has uh, put to her. In fact, I think we might be having a bit of an issue where her connection is concerned and very important questions that are being raised by uh, Vincent there. So let me try and get Anne, Anne Bernstein back up on um, the line. Anne? Hello, Anne. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Sorry, I'm not sure where we lost you and how much of Vincent's uh, questions and comments you were actually able to hear. Oh, I thought you asked me to leave. No, 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 not at all. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, I said we'll come back to you after the break. Yes, yes, we're definitely still on. Oh, no, I thought I had to leave. (laughs) No, not at all, not at all. I didn't hear. Okay, Vincent, so very briefly, Vincent, just just repeat uh, your question very briefly, though. Okay, Mm. Uh, Anne. This, what you are suggesting, my question is, it's already been tried through what we had during the homeland systems. Number two, 
uh, these skills that you people always claim that we don't have in this country, is it that we don't have these skills or we don't have white skills? Number three, uh, uh, my question was that of all these things that you are really proposing here, nothing seems to be new. And in the, the world of work has changed. Many companies have centralized their production means. So what is it that you are going to be proposing that South Africa produces that is new and to be exported? Okay. All right, Vincent. And? You ready? Hi. Hi, yes, yes, yes. Should I go? Yes, you can go for it. Oh, okay. Mm. Well, Vincent, thanks for this important question. What was done with the homelands or the Bantustans in the past was to subsidize investment mainly in places that investors didn't want to go to. This has failed all over the world, and once the subsidies are removed, it generally fails. Not always. It might be in a well-located place, but generally fails. We are proposing to do this right next to a port, which is what Kucha has. It has a, a world-class port, and you could export easily and efficiently from there. So, so that's the first thing. We're also not asking for subsidies for these companies. We're saying that other than the expanded tax incentive, there should be no public money, additional public money to these companies. So a very different approach altogether and designed to be globally competitive, not to keep black South Africans out of the cities. The second thing is, I'm not talking about white or black skills. I'm talking about South African skills. We are not a big exporter of low, let's call it low price goods into global supply chains. So we, we would probably need expertise from elsewhere on how to run very efficient factories that are making um, goods where you get very little profit. So it would be toy assembly, it would be garments, it would be the things that are done in other countries that are done for export, and that's what we want to experiment with. So it would be, how do we get lots of jobs for South Africans, but perhaps we are going to need some executive or managerial capacity to do things that South Africans are not doing in very big numbers. All right. And we're going to have to leave it there. It's 11 o'clock now. I can let you go. <laughs> She's the executive director at the Center for Development Enterprise. Thanks so much for coming onto the show and bringing that issue. Apologies. I couldn't take any more calls on that. It's 11 o'clock and is standing by with your news.